0: listening to Cinema Red Pill. I'm Sharon.
1: And I'm Timothy.
0: And we have a guest today called Wilfred Okichi. I, do, I hope I've said that right. But Wilfred is a film critic and a film curator, certified on Rotten Tomatoes, um, has written for several, several, several publications like The Continent, Indie Wire, Variety, The Verge, OK Africa. The list is really long. Um, but Wilfred, please take a moment to introduce yourself.
2: Hi, um, my name is Wilfred Okiche. Um, you already did the introduction. I'm a film <laughs> film critic slash programmer slash writer. Um, yeah, and I'm happy to be here.
0: Thank you, Wilfred. Really happy to have you on the podcast. And um, on this episode, we will be talking about Elishin Oba*, the King's Horseman. It is currently on Netflix. So really, really accessible for everyone who has that. Picking this film, though, was a bit of a process. I don't know um, it was a process because I think the other option we had was a Nicolapo, but um, I found it to be, I found this film to be a lot easier to watch. Um, so Elishinoba is a film based on a true story set in the 1940s during World War Two, in an in Oyo town in Nigeria, where a king has just died, and as the tradition demands, Elish Inoba, the king's horseman, must perform a ritual suicide in order to join his dead king in the afterlife. Um, there's a British officer who is in charge of the town and doesn't approve of the ritual, so he confronts the people and tries to stop it, which leads to tragic events. Um, it's an adaptation of The death Death and the King's Horseman, written by... Um, The Nigerian writer Wole Shoyinka. Sorry, I really hope my pronunciations are fine. Uh, who won a Nobel Peace Prize? I don't know, Um, starting with you, Wilfred, if you've engaged with Wole Soyinka's work before.
2: Yes, um, Wole Soyinka is like the, um, one of the greatest Nigerian writers. Um, there's Chinua Achebe. They used to be, both of them used to be like the holy... The holy um duo um chino achebe is late now but polo is still kicking and thriving and his books generally uh i read some of them in secondary school that's when they start introducing you to his work um a lot of his work can be difficult to access um they're not really accessible because he ha- he writes with this um elevated you know style and that is his language is really really elevated and it can put a lot of people off but he also has some that's like death and the king's horseman that is quite accessible and quite you know easy to get into and um i remember when i was in secondary school junior secondary we read one of his um Works the lion and the jewel um yeah that one wasn't funny that we were in junior secondary school and they made us read it but i don't think it was quite accessible because i remember the the plot the end of the whole thing going over my head i didn't really understand what happened that someone had to explain it but yeah yeah that's just a primer on, on wally showing uh
0: tim i don't know if you've um
1: Interacted with before. Oh, I am definitely very much aware of Wole Soyinka. Um, I am, but we also I think it was perhaps the by the time we were doing literature in high school, uh, I think his novels had been uh, they were taught in the curriculum of Uganda for a bit earlier on. But then, I think I think as as Wilfred just mentioned, maybe they weren't as accessible as say someone like maybe e- Echino Achebe, So yeah, like I wouldn't say I'm like, I've read like all his work, like I'm aware of it. And I think later on in adulthood because Wallace Soyinka is like such a respected like writer and thinker. I see a bunch of like other interviews he's doing around the world, like on different issues. And yeah, he's very much like a sage. Now he has earned that position. So that's kind of like, I, I kind of know him now in his later career when he's more of a thought leader. As opposed to maybe Wallace Oyinka, the writer. So, yeah, I'd say that's my interaction with him.
0: Dope. Um, I know of him. I didn't study literature at all, so I did not even interacted with Chinua Achebe either. But knowing of both these writers' existence, um, yeah, I think I'd heard about his work being inaccessible. I think uh, a conversation I once had mostly was. A criticism of him when people felt like he's he's not uh, because his work is elevated that way it's not it's mostly targeted towards people outside of africa so i've known that about him but yeah uh, um this was cool i attempted to read the play but i really have a lot of trouble reading plays I, this whole stage the stage direction that's included in most plays really throws me off um but there's a Ugandan writer called Bear Anena who won the Wallace Oyinka Prize for Literature. Who I just want to plug is going to be a guest next year. Just excited about that. Um, so the film is directed by B Bandele, who unfortunately died just this year, and is a playwright and director of half of a yellow half of a yellow sun, the book by Chimamanda, um, and it's also co-produced by Netflix and Ebony Life, which is run by Mo Ab- Abudu who, yeah, I know her name. Like, that one is someone who I heard about way back, early, like, maybe in 2016, the first time when I saw that Nigerian movies were starting to be shown in a at, at the Toronto International Film Festival. And they would tout her name. They would really put her up as, I think, her, Wikipedia is, like, Africa's most successful woman. I think people... She gets pressed a lot, so I kind of know. I know has this figure of success, and in this kind of uninformed way, I'm just really happy to see a woman succeeding. But yeah, so I consider her to be dope. But I don't know much about her. I don't know for you, Wilfred, what what your um what you think of Mo Abudu and Ebony Life and all that. <laughs>
2: no no no. you're right she does get a lot of press uh she's also a press person herself so she she came to she used to have a talk show where she was you know trying to be like that opera kind of you know talk show host for a while she had that going for a while and then she that's how she came into the media space she used to work in corporate in the corporate world before that and then she, from the media thing, she, you know, followed that Oprah trajectory, started her TV station, a private TV station, and ran it for a while. Uh, she doesn't run that anymore. What she does now is uh production studio. So she, like, makes movies and um, TV station and um, TV series and, you know, sells them or you know puts them on different platforms and she's been able to produce some of the most successful um nigerian films at the box office um so films like the wedding party the wedding party sequel um yeah what other film yeah so her films have really been a hit at the box office and then they're mostly comedies you know easy to go down you know kind of fluffy kind of films and then at some point she also decided to start doing more prestige fair so especially when the streamers came in um and there was a bit more money to 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 throw around or to work with Um, yeah and so she's at that stage where she's trying to find her her prestige language Um, I don't know that it's going great but but at least there's some attempt, there's trying, somebody's trying, you can see that. Um, yeah, that's, I, guess, I think that's like the brief background you might want to know.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I never heard about her doing a TV show, like having that type of opera background. I really, really liked Wedding Party 2. I think that's um, I, one of the first films I saw way back. Timothy, I don't know if, you've, if you know of do and Hawak.
1: Yeah, I I know of her like just on interviews. DSTV has I think that like Ebony Life channel. Oh. Um, so so yes, uh, that's why I think I've seen like pieces on her. Where, as you said, she's pretty good at the press, so I think she's really good at marketing herself. So that's that's as far as I go with Moabudu. But yeah, I think uh, I think she's probably I think as far as producers go, yeah, the the name I think I see around a lot at least in the Nigerian film scene
0: um okay so now let's talk about the film um let's start with our general thoughts any expectations we had going in and if we liked the film or not um yeah so we'll start with you wilfred since you're the guest tell us what you thought of the film in general thoughts yeah general thoughts um
2: thank you you asked you asked about my expectations i guess i guess i was when it was first announced it's been announced for a couple of years um I guess we were all excited because, you know, it was Shoinka, you don't, it doesn't get more prestige, you know, in brackets than Wally Shoinka. And um, Death and the King's Horseman has a, has a rich history of, of stage adaptations. It's probably Shoinka's most popular play um, because it's been studied to death, like every, and it's been adapted also to death. So every almost in several countries across the world not just in nigeria london u.s you know everywhere the play has gone round so it's it's probably the one play that people who don't know showing cars work recognize him for especially outside of nigeria so i guess people were excited you know and then also but then the excitement was also tampered with some some resistance because this is ebony life doing the adaptation and you know they are known for the kind of stuff they are known for is like you know wedding party kind of stuff fluffy comedies romantic comedies um weddings you know parties great gowns that kind of stuff and um yeah so so there was that also that resistance and like mm, like, i wonder how you know they're going to do it But then she found um, B, she got B, they got B to direct it. Um, B is like a theater geek, a theater man. He has a background in theater. He studied Shuinka for a while. He's also a novelist and a filmmaker. Um... I think probably he does all those things all those other things the the plays the novels the writing I think he does it better than the filmmaking um so also I wasn't you know thrilled by his choice but 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 yeah he 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 came aboard and and yeah and the film was good enough to premiere at TIFF that's the Toronto festival so that also gave it um a, a little more prestige so it was all going great you know and then it came on netflix Um, netflix acquired it uh, a long time ago and so so yeah as an adaptation it's it's i don't think it's bad in the way that some of the ebony Life films can be you know problematic i think it's like a serviceable adaptation but then also it's not an original property so it has it has like this history behind it it has a great story behind it and it's not like they were starting from scratch so that's why i'm going to be a little bit harsher to judge because i feel like they had a great story to work with a great play great pedigree and um and yeah while it was good i don't i think it could have been better i i was frustrated by it in many ways um mostly because i don't think they the director brought plenty of visual um design to the to to it he was so he was so um enamored by showing cars text and showing cars style and he sort of just lifted that and put it on the screen so it was like you were watching uh for me at least it was like you were watching uh, stage the stage another stage interpretation um as opposed to someone who had opened it up and worked it for the big screen or the small screen you know whichever way you want to put it so yeah that, that, that was my main frustration with with it um the main thing that he brought, the director brought to it, was that he translated the dialogue to Yoruba, um, which is the language of the people, you know, of the setting. And, yeah, that was interesting, you know, because you had the characters speaking Yoruba, and you had the white men and women who had been in Nigeria long enough to understand, you know, the language. And so that was interesting. But aside from that, every other thing was just i think lifted from the play with little thoughts to how it's going to work for the big for the screen yeah that's i think that's how i feel about it so it's i, I don't think it's it's like a miss is bad you know i just don't think it's it's good either or it's great I but maybe see. you enjoyed it i don't don't uh, uh, what what did you no, think no, no, no
0: me um for me i did really i liked it i i liked it quite a bit quite a lot, but I found it to be way too theatrical like the it felt like it was filmed i it it didn't have so much um yeah the that, that thing you've said where it felt like it was really directly lifted from there, like it didn't feel big. I don't know why I felt like I was going to be watching something a bit more epic, but it's, although yet the film is, is contained, it's all happening in one night, but it was just way too theater, like very speechy. And I I have, I don't like theater very much. So a lot of the theatrical things about it were kind of jarring for me, but I felt I really liked what it's about. I was a bit jarred when the white people showed up because I didn't know anything about the film and this when the white people are really the only ones on screen i was quite shocked by that but it, <laughs> but yeah otherwise i really did like it tim i don't know what you thought well,
1: i mean you guys have pretty much said most of what i would say i mean of course ex- as far as expectations go i did have some expectations because again as you mentioned like a lot of the perhaps the big nigerian films that i've been seeing around uh, I, I usually, as you said, uh, drama. I mean, romantic comedies and the like. So, for that, like, to actually see something that was going to be, was going to be uh, adapted from a wallet, so Yinka Novel, was uh, was actually something that raised my expectations. Yeah. So, um, I think yeah. My only, my only real issue, as you said, was probably that it felt in many parts theatrical. It did have the flourishes. But then, like, again, there were just uh, issues with, uh, as you said, it feeling, like, the scale of the film feeling a bit small. And, uh, yeah, so, but I think, like, see, like, just the opening scene, like, uh, the the shot with him, uh, surrounded by the women, like, again, there's, like, a bit of a magical aspect to it. It was very interesting seeing those flourishes of creativity, but all in all, I would say, yes, it's... It was in many ways, I think, it felt very theatrical and very contained, as opposed to it being like this epic, expansive narrative. But again, maybe that's again because I wasn't familiar with the original, with the original text and and the play itself. So maybe that could have been expected. But yeah, I that's probably the only issue I had with it. Also, the theatricality of it, especially the final third of the film when. I think we'll get to that, but when they actually have him uh, in the prison cell, yeah, that's when I actually really, really felt it like I thought when that setup alone could have been done in slightly more interesting ways, so yeah
0: so thoughts on story form characters, um just mostly the storytelling elements on the film, Wilfred, would you start your thoughts there
2: um yeah, so unless she. Or the King's Horseman, you know, in English. It, we mentioned earlier that it's adapted from this um showing car play, which he in turn also adapted from like a from like real events and he sort of fictionalized it and made it more, you know, and made it his you know, created a story out of real fictional story out of real events. Um so yeah, this particular adaptation um it's hard to, to to really um criticize it because it's it's a very faithful adaptation. If you've read the play, it gets sort of gets everything that is in the play and puts it on screen, you know. So it's in that case it's very faithful in that um manner. But also film sometimes fidelity is not the best you know um structure to go for when you're making films you know sometimes you just have to film it's its own medium and you just have to adapt your whatever you are copying or lifting from to the medium where to a, to a style where it works for film you know so on the one hand it's a very faithful adaptation and the story has a lot going for it you know it's um Schreger was very vocal about you know because the easiest thing people were going to read about into the play was that it was this clash of cultures between you know the native indigenous culture of the yoruba people or the Oyo people where it happened and the british people who were colonizing us at the time but he was insisting insistent that it wasn't prime i mean you could read that into it but it wasn't pr- for him prim- that wasn't his primary intention his primary intention was um trying to explain how the the living the dead and the afterworld. you know the unbear the unborn how the living the dead and the unborn are all you know united or linked through this um through this, um, what's the word now? Like the circle of life, so to speak, if you will, in in very, borrow from the Lion King. um, Like how the, how we are all linked together and how any disruption in one sort of um, scatters the balance and leads to chaos, you know? So this man, the king had died and This man was supposed to die with the king, you know, but it wasn't necessarily a tragedy. They weren't looking at it as a tragedy because in his lifetime, he was spoiled. He was taken care of. And he understood that he has one job, you know, at the end of the day. So when the king dies, he's supposed to follow the king to the afterlife. And in that way, you know, ensure that the balance of, you know, the universe, is is kept going and so that was showing primary you know um that's what he wanted people to to get out of it and of the whole colonial dialogue could be secondary to that you know so so um in that sense um the the film does all all those all the follows all the beats that are in this the play is a very slim play by the way uh I don't I don't know how many pages but it's not lengthy you know so and the film is also not long so you see that everything was captured but I feel like the he the writing was so enamored to it was it was treating showing cars work as a Bible and was like, oh, we dare not touch it. We dare not, you know, change it. We dare not do this. We dare not do that. But Shoinka is not a filmmaker. He wrote his play for the stage. You are a filmmaker. You are making your film for the screen. And so there's two different mediums. There's Shoinka, the play. There's the play, the King's Horseman, the play. And there's your film, the King's Horseman, the film. And they are two different things, you know, even though they might be working from the same source so so i feel like yes all of those um all of the dramatic beats, all of the you know was captured but it, it all it didn't have the power that it would have on stage only because it, it looked like it was from a distance so i i wonder for instance what would happen if they opened the the village up a bit you know we got to see more of say um the female character the Yaloja. um we got to understand her a bit more you know and to see how women who are powerful powerful in powerful positions also perpetrate you know some kind of um perpetrate the culture of patriarchy that they met on ground i'm just giving an example for instance also um i would i i feel like the actors were great um i don't really have a fault with the actors you know but it all felt like Also, they were on stage and they were, you know, they were these great monologues and they had to keep, you know, there wasn't, I don't, I didn't see a lot of um, internalization work done. It just felt like we need to come and perform. And they were really performing, you know, in that case, in that, um, you can't fault them. Um, But it's just, again, for the screen, it's different. You know, you have to, be seen internalizing you know and then vocalizing and then registering what you what you get from your scene partner so so yeah um all this to say that um it would it would have been okay to take a different um a different um angle sometimes you know also with that culture of someone dying after the king it happened in 19 in the maybe in the 40s i think um it's not a very progressive um culture regardless of whatever it is trying to do um maybe i i wish you know he had engaged with that also since that's the primary um thing that Shoinka wanted anyway you know is that the only way to you know ensure that that balance you know is restored and and kept and you know what are the consequences really so when the um didn't do his job and his son had to do it is that the only consequence of that you know that what happens to the people after anyway so he, he just felt like there were so many ideas and ends that he could, the filmmakers could have latched on to tell a more satisfying story, you know. But 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 the story of the film, of the text, of the play, it's great, you know, and I, I like it. Um, there's a lot to chew on, there's a lot going on. I just wish that Maybe they have done things a bit more different, well sorry said. if I went on and on and on,
0: no, it's fine, really, really well said,
2: yeah,
1: very insightful <laughs> well yeah no, no I mean I mean I could basically listen to just Wolfram <laughs> right? do the whole thing like, yeah he's hitting all the yeah, yeah, it's pretty, but yeah, I think uh besides what he said, I would say, just as far as like story goes, or like form, I really like at least how you can tell the juxtaposition between the. First half of the film and the second half, where you're talking, you're seeing uh, the the king's horseman getting all this praise from everyone, and he's basically being treated like the king himself. And like even just watching that beginning, I kind of knew that yeah, the end is going to be really, really dark. So like yeah, I like the kind of like the tone of the film in the first half when everything is going well for him, and then in the second half when. You know things have started to change and like people are beginning to turn on him you can really actually feel that i think maybe as far as tone and maybe that's again something which in theater i don't know maybe theater it is possible with like set design and all that but like in film i think those are kind of like some of the elements that you know the medium of film can bring to like a story and i feel maybe that's something i think uh, be, may have done, at least in my view, quite well, because I could actually feel the, the difference in tone and it kind of affects the mood of the story. It actually leaves you feeling something. You kind of feel in the beginning, he's getting all this praise. He's, this great man He's going to do this noble thing. Then in the end, when he actually kind of goes against that and isn't going out of his way to fulfill it, you also do feel like kind of like the gravity of his actions. Uh, another thing maybe about the characters as well, yeah, I think the acting was good. Uh, Wilfred mentioned something about uh, the female characters, like uh, the Iyaloja. Like, yeah, I thought those were, like, as you said, characters who could have been expanded on a bit. And, like, maybe, as you say, that could have been an avenue to get into, like, more of the story. And, like, maybe as you're retelling this respected play, you kind of actually... You kind of actually like update it in a way to like maybe as you said include like issues of the patriarchy and and things of that sort so i'd say yeah that and again maybe another thing i'll point out about the characters was there's the character of, i think it was called amusa who's kind of playing like the uncle tom type character who's basically like going against his own people and yeah i was kind of annoyed by the way he's the bina was like he was speaking like I know they usually use that as like a way of like kind of showing the person who's like trying to be maybe like more European or Western yet while well forgetting their identity. So like it's even in other movies like say a movie like, uh, not to bring up American films here, but like The Jungle Unchained, the Samuel L. Jackson character. Like they usually like yes, that's how they are portrayed. But like I mean, in the movie where like the white people could understand the language people were speaking, the Yoruba and all that, and it felt kind of okay for me. Yeah, I felt he was kind of made to look too much of a clown again, which is okay. Perhaps that's how they're trying to caricaturize him as. But yeah, I felt for me it was just something as like yeah, this you no know, maybe it it wasn't that necessary as far as the characters go. Oh,
0: really a lot of the same for me as well i really i think for me though the lead performance i really really dug it i liked the person who was playing the Elishinoba. and like you guys have mentioned i they really could have taken time to do more with the women specifically for me i really would have wanted a bit more on the woman that he decides to marry uh and like, I just wish she was more of a person. Like, she's mostly just it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Imagine>. She, <laughs> she's just she's a. <laughs> like, what? She's really, really not a person. It's so strange. So I wish there was more of. Of they like had taken some time to do something with her. Um. Yeah. I liked the 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 lady who was in power as well. Um. She was cool. I really, yeah. More, more of them really would have been great. Um, Olunde. There's the character called Olunde, the one who comes from America. I was, I really liked that, that turn of the film. Um, but I also do really wish, yeah, like what you had said, that they would... Like when you really think of it, it's not their greatest tradition. Like it's not something that... But then there is also the thing of like, oh, they really did succeed to make all things stop like people now fully mostly don't do any tradition so I actually found the movie to be like quite optimistic to see that they actually rejected the colonial power that was there mm, yeah mostly that um let's now talk about the filmmaking uh Wilfred you start the, the production and the filmmaking aspects
2: of that, yeah. So, so, movie. so, production-wise, I mean, they there was plenty of effort, you know, trying to create this forties um, Oyo kingdom in, in the on-screen. Um, it, it wasn't as, like you mentioned, it wasn't as visually interesting, say, as Anikulapo in terms of you know, having multiple sets and things, action moving from one place to the other. This was more static, you know, there was the marketplace, there was the um, colonial house where the white people were living. And I think in between, everything happened, you know, in between those spaces on route and, you know. So they there was some attempt made to like create this world. It was a very small world, but you could see them, you know, there was food, there were people cooking, there was the marketplace, people selling, there was the commerce. They were trying to show commerce, you know, of the time, you know, and the handwork, how the people made clothes and made, you know, is it Ashokhi or Ashokhi, Um, from so so in terms of the production design, I would give it a pass. Um, I, it's not great, but it's, it's fine, you know, mostly. Um, again, a lot of my my issues would be with, you know, just B's approach to the material and how static everything seemed to be, you know um so i was talking to someone and they were asking you know yeah so what is the life of this village of, outside the marketplace like do they are they doing things do the people are the people interesting what are what what are what are their lives like outside of you know the lse and the powerful people you know and i was like well that's an interesting point so so i guess it also speaks to you know what we mentioned about opening it, it up you know a bit more you know um yeah so production wise i'll give it a i'll give it a pass um i don't it's it there is just enough to make it work you know you'd really wish that they had gone the extra Why and while it works you know It's fine, it works. But you really wish they had gone the extra mile to make it, you know, grander or make it greater. And if you're working in partnership with Netflix, I would assume that there's a bit more money, you know, than the regular Nigerian film. And there's a bit more resources that you could have tapped into, you know, when you were making the film. And it's just a lot of that didn't show on screen. Um, the sound could have been better, but it was fine. You know, you don't, it's, it's fine. Um, it works for what it does. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's a production that I would give a pass mark actually, even though it's not as exciting as I would have wished, but it works.
0: Yeah. Um, be- before you say. Sit- Timothy, the so I wonder about the costuming is it that because I feel like the clothes that they're wearing are like clothes of today like is it just that I don't
2: know those confused. clothes make a com made a comeback so it feels like oh,
0: okay yeah so
2: it feels like um they've been around for a while and people have really held on to them it's just the styles have changed and how you make them have change but also a lot of old school you know are making a comeback okay
0: that was so confusing to me Even with anikulapo i'm like it does yeah thanks for telling me that because i was so confused uh timothy you can go next
1: yeah no it's interesting because i was just my main point literally was actually about the costumes because i think maybe that was the thing i enjoyed the most because I really did enjoy, like, the array of colors. Like, I, you know, like, uh, at least outside of Nigeria, the perception is that Nigerians are quite, you know, very flamboyant, boisterous people and very expressive. So, like, I could definitely feel that, at least through the clothing bit of, like, uh, say, the Ialoja And, you know, she's kind of like a woman of status. And, yeah, she dresses she's dressed differently than the the king's horseman. And, and everyone else pretty much in the story, I feel... The costumes were pretty good even like the colonial officers kind of getting those details of the shorts and the socks you know that that's a look that perhaps many of us like remember from perhaps like primary schools and stuff here especially which schools which went through the, which were countries which went which were colonized by britain it's pretty much a, still a thing people wear but yeah just i felt the costumes were actually quite good they made they made the the, the images a lot more, like, interesting to look at and with with a different array of colours. So, yeah, I would say at least as far as, like, production goes, I do feel, yeah, they could maybe have been, like, maybe the sets weren't as expansive, and all that, but, like, I feel for all the characters in it, even just, like, the costumes are the... white people were, like, dancing around the house in, like, those the costumes that they were for, I think it was, like, some rites or rituals. Yeah, I think they were very, yeah, the masquerade, yeah, like, those things were just so, like, nice to look at. Like, I didn't know they they actually looked that beautiful. So, yeah, that's kind of, I would say, where I actually saw a lot of, like, maybe some effort went into, like, production. But as you said, pretty much, like, I think everything from, like, cinematography to sound, the acting, all that, I think it was done competently which i think maybe i think having seen like the transition nigerian films have gone through i think that's maybe something that in this more recent times like there's a heavy value on like production value and a film looking like a film like a, a polished film and i feel they actually did achieve that so yeah as you say it gets a it gets a pass also from me for yeah production <laughs>
0: uh yeah tim you had mentioned the opening scene i really really dug that really really loved that and um there's some drumming that would happen when like he was interacting with the other world or something there was just some drumming that i really liked as well i found it really effective i think when it comes to what like more i was kind of disappointed in the wedding scene like weddings are such a big like tend to be something I remember a lot from African films that are like going back to old films just from around. I, like, find the wedding was impromptu, but I just wished for way more. Like, our weddings are a bigger deal than that. Yeah, the spectacle, just... Ah, there, there was room for... I really, really wished the wedding scene just had more. Yeah. And, and interestingly,
2: uh, that's what... Um, Abony life does well. More Abudu's films. Um, yeah. Everybody knows you come to them for the wedding. You know, there is always going to be like a wedding scene where, you know, so, so maybe, maybe they were trying to, to deflect. You know that this is not that kind of film. I don't know. I am just saying. I am just saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Probably that's that's funny. Um, yeah, I don't know um, if you guys have anything else you had you would like to say any additional thoughts uh, about the film that you may have not yet talked about?
2: Yeah, so I guess maybe just to to say um, in conclusion that it was um, it's an adaptation that is fine. Um, it doesn't have that extra you know mm, quality, you know. Especially I feel like if you're going for a a prestigious you know work of literature like that Um you should have more things to add you know but also again that's it's a frustration that we've had with B. Um, Bandile the director because when he made Half of a Yellow Sun um, Chimamanda's um epic novel there was also a lot of frustration around that you know so I don't know that you know he's maybe the person to 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 direct or to bring to life you know this this um these adaptations you know because also that was my fear going in. You know, oh it's B again. I still haven't really recovered from half of a yellow sun and <laughs> now you're doing this one. Um so so which is not saying that they 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 both they both they both work, you know, in terms of respectable adaptations. They're not disasters, you know. But they don't sing, they don't like there's no and that's why I guess if you were following the drama, I don't know if you've heard of the drama in, when it was time to make the selection to submit <laughs> at the Oscars. Um, yeah. Yes, they,
0: those, uh, were my, those were my additional thoughts.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was easy for them not to pick even this one, despite all the prestige that it came. Because it looked like it was the easy, you know, it was the easy pick, you know, some B.E. bandily directing Wale you know, produced by Ebony Life and Netflix, Play Toronto, you know, it had all those, you know, prestigious things going for it. And you think that, okay, that would be the easy pick. But it also wasn't because, you know, it just it needed something else to cross over to me from good to great. And, and I guess that's fine. They've done the best that they can um but um yeah there's a little there's a lot more room for improvements both for well it's sad that we lost b and me so rest in peace um but this time for ebony life to go back um, because they also have other stuff they are supposed to be adapting um they have the rights for i don't know if you know of this nigerian um, novel, The Secret Lives of Baba Shaggy's Wives, uh, it's a great book also, and, mm. and they have the rights for that, yes. so you would want, you would hope that they would take the lessons from this, you know, and and go back to the drawing board. But, but yeah, good uh, descent, descent, um, descent attempt, um, just not quite there yet
1: like uh yeah my final thoughts maybe again maybe they'll be a bit tied to uh you know the passing of b bandele before the film came out because i feel this is a movie that in many ways like is uh discussing like in a way death if beat death of like uh people death of like uh, systems in society things culture stuff of the sort and like, yeah, just because I actually did see earlier in the year when he did pass, then I saw at the end of the film when they kind of like remind us that he actually did that and they put B. Bandele from this year to this year. Then we have that final scene where there's like a procession and they're having, as the credits roll, which I felt like for me was also just one of the most actually moving scenes in the whole, <laughs> in the whole film. So like kind of like, again, the, how like sometimes the life itself feeds into the art and how sometimes the art and the artist are sometimes created the things that I find very interesting so yeah I know yeah it was, it was quite sad actually very moving but yeah as, as, as the film goes as we said yeah it's a perfectly like competently done adaptation of a great African uh, play and I think yeah, it definitely should be seen in spite of its flaws it should, it's one movie that should be seen widely. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I really think, I don't know, like, the Oscar people, what they have. I think, like, it, it, I don't know, like, putting this forth would not be a bad option. Like, the options that come through are not always the greatest films. But... Uh, Yeah, I would say the same. First off, like, for anyone to watch, it really goes down very easy and moves pretty quick. And it's just one hour, 30 minutes. Such a good watch, I think. I really recommend it for people to see. But, yeah, those are my final thoughts, really. (laughs) Not much else. Um, Yeah. You you guys are done? Like, no brewing thoughts still?
1: Uh, I know. I think that's... Think that's it at least for the King's Horseman. I, w- I would definitely want to have uh, Wilfred back on maybe for another episode, maybe something on Nollywood, something a bit more expanded, expansive. We could also get into that because yeah, I'm fascinated by that film, that film industry. So hopefully, we'll have time for that in the future. Sure, yeah.
2: let me know when. And yeah, thank you for Ooh. having me
0: thank you for coming through yeah, thank um, you. yeah uh, thanks so much Wilfred this has been an honor hope we'll have you back sometime thanks for your really insightful yeah that's it um, you've been listening to Cinema Bill, I'm Sharon
1: and I'm Timothy and
0: we have been with Wilfred that's it people make films about themselves what they want what do they know? What they fear most?
2: and were nothing but the crops and their stores. <coughs> Some Some